Support got me high is proud to be sponsored by Lockheed Martin, Boeing, Raytheon, Northrop Grumman, General Dynamics, and Is This Tomorrow, a weekly webcomic cataloging the ridiculous and in no way, resembling real life where a US president draws on a weather map with a sharpie and tries to make people believe that it was like that to begin with. Wait, okay I got lost, Is This Tomorrow catalogs the absurd antics happening at the Zorro television channel, which is like Fox News but not as infuriating. Get less infuriated now at isthistomorrow.com, that's isthistomorrow.com. Is This Tomorrow and That Record Got Me High bring you Mark E. Smith and Mark Riley being interviewed in 1982. Mark and Mark, Mark E. Smith and Mark Riley. Thanks for coming in, fellas. It's not that easy at this time of the day. Eh? You're, and we'll, we'll get to the, the concert tour in a sec, but... I've read things out of the UK, where, like you won the awards for songwriting, band, singer, etc. And I've also read over there that they, that one fellow said that you are still angry and you're the last group in England to be still angry. Would you go along with that statement? Yeah, I think we're the only group that's actually uh, upset about certain things. So you, you're, you're speaking your mind through your music? Yeah, I get, I get worse, yeah. <laughs> what are some of the things that you're upset about? Obviously, the unemployment thing over there is, is rotten at the moment. No, it's nothing like that. Don't be sad, don't uh, Other areas? get political or anything like that. Uh -huh. no. no, it's just a music uh, industry over there that sort of annoys us. Yeah, well, I've also seen some of the crits that they weren't overly nice. Like, uh, yeah. I think one of the guys that was in a well-known band years ago said he thought your record was awful, and other people have said... Jeff yeah, not, yeah, Jeff Beckett was in one of those... Uh, well, he can talk to them, can't he? I mean, good. So what do, you, what do you think when they, people like that say those sort of things? That's good. All right, welcome everyone to another episode of That Record Got Me High. That is Barry Stock. That's Rob Elba. And we are the uh, music podcast that asked a question, how many fucking times do we have to say the same thing until uh, we know we're running? Apparently twice tonight, because... Yeah. All right, we were rolling and then we messed up, so we're starting over, but it's all right. Uh, we mentioned Bumblefest, uh, <laughs> September 13th and 14th, downtown West Palm Beach. Uh, it's a big music festival with a bunch of great bands. You can go to bumblefest.com for tickets. And we're a sponsor. Yes, we are. So, uh, September 13th and 14th. And we have a guest tonight, Barry. And who is our guest? It's Jeffrey Weaver, who called me when I was at my daughter's college graduation in Western Massachusetts. And coincidentally, he was also in Western Massachusetts. But because circumstances did not permit. You couldn't not. actually meet up with him, but that's all right. Yeah, but he uh, he's a patron. Uh, yes, welcome Patreon. to the show, Jeffrey. He is. He's a, he's, a, he's a proud patron and loves the show. That's right. And, oh, yeah, we um, lost all this part where we were we saying how much it. he loved our show. I know. God damn it. You, you lost all my Can you say all that again, Jeff? No, it's like fake. <laughs> it's false. What do, you, what do you like? Do you like to be called Jeff or Jeffrey? I go by Jeffrey, but I, whatever Jeffrey's, whatever's easier. Jeffrey's Jeffrey fine. Is. Well, yeah. you know, thank God you have a name that I could pronounce easily. Usually, I, I yeah, right. butcher the guest names. Right, I'm lined up some Russian guests. Rob's in real trouble. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Jeffrey, as we mentioned, he is a patron of the show. He went to Patreon.com forward slash TRGMH and became a patron. You can do the same thing, and maybe one day you'll be in in Jeffrey's shoes right here. 
So, Jeff, uh, tell us the record that you brought to that record got me on. Dragnet. This is the second record by The Fall. The Mighty Fall. We found we knew we and Barry knew we would have a fall record eventually. We did. We did. It's kind of you know I didn't know which one we would pick, and this turned out to be a great one, and and not one that I was real familiar with. Me either. um, No. All right. So Jeffrey, give us uh, how did the fall? They they were formed in 1976 in Prestwich, Greater Manchester. Uh, Marky Smith, really the only constant member. He changes. he changes members more than I change my underwear. Um, but when did they uh, when did uh, they come across your radar? Um, I was in college, so this is late eighties, and uh, I had a girlfriend who had a bunch of those records from, I guess, the mid eighties um, when Brick Smith was in the band, and they were kind of had kind of like a poppier right, right. Sound. That was his wife, and right? Was the, yeah, yeah, they yeah, married? He was yeah, they, for a yeah, while. They, oh, yeah, they, they did, did get married. Yeah. Um, and then he, and and then he beat her up on stage and they got divorced, I think, wasn't that? <laughs> In a drunken brawl. Oh, God. I, didn't know I don't that. know. I know that I know there were on stage fights. I don't know if Rick <laughs> suffered from well, that. Drunken, I can uh, attest that that's definitely true. <laughs> <laughs> but but th- those records I liked, but I didn't... You know, if you just listen to those records, I don't really think you get a window into what's going on with you that don't. band and it no. was it was years later actually i was abroad i was staying in a um a boathouse a youth hostel and this guy came through who we befriended and one day he just completely flipped out because he lost his fall tape oh oh and he was running around saying where's my damn fall tape oh, and I wow. thought, god this is this yeah. is important to this guy yeah he was apoplectic for for <laughs> for days, and I thought maybe I'm missing something here. That's our kind of guy, so, right there. Yeah. <laughs> right? So then I started to to delve in a little bit more, and um, yeah. Oh, so you? Didn't, I thought the story was going to be you stole his tape, right? You, you were the one the that t- you found, <laughs> you found you the tape and, and no, didn't tell him. That would have been better. No, Neil, no, Neil Pluck, and I did not take that tape. Oh, okay, okay. Um, so where okay. was this boat you were living on? I have to. That's just a nagging question. This well, it wasn't a boat. It was a boat house, not a houseboat. So it was a, a building uh, on the banks of the Voltava River in Prague. Wow! Ooh, listen to that. Yeah, yeah see, I, that, I knew there was an interesting thing. I there. guess, yeah, yeah. I, I hate it when I guess they're more interesting. Than <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. mostly true. <laughs> <laughs> Some of them are more interesting in a bad way, though. <laughs> that's true, yeah. but not Je- not Jeffrey, not, not Jeffrey. Jeffrey. Well, not yet, not yet. Okay, so when did this particular album, Dragnet? When did you uh, do you remember? Like when you listened to this? So maybe in the eighties? Was it sometime in the eighties? Yeah, yeah, it was probably the nineties. And oh, okay, I don't, okay. you know, there's so many records that I kind of worked my way back and forth. I didn't do it chronologically. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, with and the- you know. This record's not, it's not the most accessible in the catalog, certainly. It's kind of off-putting. So (laughs) it probably, you know, it took me, it it probably took me a little while to warm up to it. And then I got it. I was like, oh, this is like, yeah, everything in the fall catalog is basically, it's like the seed is, seeds are planted here. I I believe you're correct. Right. This is like the thesis statement. Right. Everything he's going to do later on, there's a, there's a, there's like a rhythm or a, or a riff or a lyrical something that he's going to play off of for the rest right. of his career, pretty much. I think right. you're right. 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 Yeah, and which uh, one of the main things is his delivery. Like, he's not a, he's not a singer. No. He's like a sort of a yelper, maybe, or an well, orator. Well, he even describe, doesn't he describe it in one he of the lyrics? He does, in one of the songs. <laughs> oh, yeah, this album is very self-referential to the band yeah. itself, yeah. which is really interesting. Yeah. 
And uh, yeah. yeah, you could go you could go crazy diving into the fall because they put out a lot of records. They Mar- did. Marky Smith has finally stopped putting out records because he died. Somehow. <laughs> but I will From tell beyond you, the grave. But I don't know. For me, I always felt, obviously, you'd have to be a super fan to, to listen to everything. But whenever I would like check something out or dive in, I was never disappointed with the fall record there's always interesting stuff going on and and like you said there was always his just his uh point of view oh right right which is (laughs) which is very singular the fall it's it's hard you can't name other bands except maybe uh, pavement early pavement which ripped them off completely but (laughs) you can't uh, but you can't name any other band um that's like uh, the fall no. Right? No, you can't. You can't. Right. And, you know, just and just constantly, kind of on a mission, just, just really switch it up. Constantly. Yeah. yeah. Right? Like yeah. Constant, yeah. Constantly changing things. And really, I think the thing about this record, which kind of set the pattern, is constantly making sure things are a little bit wrong. You know? Oh, yes. yeah. Like, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. That's good. It's a like, sham- shambolic. This is a shambolic effort, for right. sure. For sure. For sure. So in there's a 1984 fall album called The Wonderful and Frightening World of the Fall and for me that's a perfect description of Marky Smith. Yeah, oh he's yeah. He's wonderful yeah. and he's frightening. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. He's somebody it, it'd be it's nice to be a fall fan but he's not someone I ever craved oh, to God. meet cuz you know <laughs> Oh no, God. Yeah, no. just you know, I, I read there's some there's awesome factoids about him. One of them said Smith reportedly fired a studio engineer for ordering a Salad. <laughs> <laughs> That's how he would make decisions. He would like fire a band member yes. just on a, a whim, and they would be in a tu- in the middle of a tour. Right. You know, he, he once fi- he he once fined uh, his drummers f- five pounds every time they played a tom tom. The tom tom. He'd, <laughs> he'd find them five pounds. And he once fired. Uh, he, he hired and fired the same drummer uh, nine times. Yeah. Carl Burns. Right. <laughs> Well, Carl Burns was was no joy to be around either. So you give Marky Smith a pass on that. Oh, really? Okay. Thanks, Carl we... Burns is a little bit of a nut job. Oh, uh, okay. good to know. Good to know. Yeah. Uh-huh. So this, uh, all right. So this, but obviously, so this record, obviously, you've listened to a lot of fall records, but this record kind of really grabbed you and you got, but maybe not got right away, right? But listening to it uh, and diving into it, 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 it kind of gets under your skin, right? Yeah. It gets under your skin. It's totally. It, I mean, it is. It's frightening. It's a frightening record. <laughs> it, it is. It really really is. Really. He gets into, he steals, it, it, where you, I didn't realize until I started reading about the record, that he had basically, he was sort of a mystic, which, or he yeah, had sort of. He got right. really heavy into that shit for yeah, a while. Yeah, I didn't yeah. realize right. that at all. And you would think, that's oh, right. you know, he's got to be an atheist and a total nihilist. And apparently not, you know, you're, you, you think you know things about these people and that's not necessarily true. So, yeah, and you know, people people comb through these lyrics and find all kinds of instances. Oh of my what, God! You know, yeah, they, they, they really claim do. are you know the, these precognitions where he's you know anticipating something that's going to happen in the right. some world event. Or oh, I, oh, like Nostradamus? <laughs> I did not. I didn't. <laughs> yeah, I didn't like realize. you know, I think he, I think he even thought that he had that he uh, he had a knack for clairvoyance. Oh, probably. Wow. <laughs> well, <laughs> that sounds like Mark. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's because. What's the what's the name of the first track on this album? Psychic oh, dance hall. Psychic dance hall. Psychic, yeah. but with the word spelled kick. Right. And, and right. he's got an absurd. You know, there's like this. There's a site where the super fans go have gone through and dug through every lyric. Oh God! Yeah. And there's a the the, the origin story for that song. There's about 
12 of them. They're similar, but he said different things at different times to different oh, people. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Uh, he's, he's as usual, he's not the best uh, source for what's going on in his songs because, uh, you know, he's a lot of times he's, yeah. He's soused. <laughs> he was soused. Well, I also, I, also think, I also think a fair amount of that is kind of, um, you know, he's got a little bit of Bob Dylan in him like that, oh, too. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, he's not, yeah. He's not going to, there's a lot of, you can't trust this guy talking about no. his stuff. If, if you no. think you're on to, what he's writing about, he's he's going to flip it. Right. You know? right. Oh, yeah, he's lying to you um, for fun, basically. Yeah. You know, it's more entertaining yeah. to tell a story about it than it is for him to say, oh, yeah, it's about, you know, a hairdresser. Right. So right. listening to this record, I never really, I, I got, I actually heard, I remember I, there was an IRS sampler because the first two records were on, um, <laughs> were on Miles uh, Copeland's label, uh, Step Forward. Yeah, Step right. Forward. So there was an IRS sampler that had, Rebellious jukebox on it from right. the first album. Yeah. So I yeah. went out and bought Live at the Witch Trials, which I remember I was confused because I thought it was a live album and nope. it's not. <laughs> right. uh, but I really liked it. And then I definitely got uh, Fall Records after that. But that was already around 1980 when I got Live at the Witch Trials. But I never I, I never had this, this particular record. And uh, this is the first time I've heard some of the songs on it, but this is the first time I really dug into it. First of all, we got to say that it's it really doesn't sound that good at parts. It's, no. I could almost say it's the first lo-fi like recording yeah it's 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 just done you know everything's very basic there's one guitar on the left channel there's a guitar on the right channel the drummer is haphazard i think is the best way to right yeah just when he you think he's got the groove going something will happen and it's there's like you're like oh Oh, miss that one (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. Herky jerky comes to mind sometimes, <laughs> but it all has this certain charm that oh, yeah. fall records have yeah. that uh, they manage to sound menacing at times yeah. and primal. Yeah. yeah, you know, I was thinking, I and mean, he sounds profound. Whatever he's oh, yes, saying, he does. <laughs> you go, that must be really profound. Right, right. Yeah, that's what yeah. drove people to dig around and figure out what he's saying. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was uh, definitely an imposing figure, yeah, and he definitely has... His delivery is like, oh, this guy must be saying something. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. Uh, who knows? He is. He, he is. is. No, he is. He is. <laughs> yeah, he is. Uh, yeah, but you're but, right. It's, it is totally It is totally muddy sounding. Muddy, and right. I, I, and, and, you know, I really think that's really deliberate. You know, A lot of it, I think, is. Yeah. A lot of it, I think, is. In the production, in the production... And then in the musicianship, too, because you're talking about this turnover of band members, you know, the worst thing you could do in the fall was start right. demonstrating Your some prowess. proficiency. Because right? <laughs> then Next. you're toast, you know? You're he fired. wanted you to sound like maybe you were kind of figuring things out yeah. right. on the spot, like learning on the fly, kind of. Yep. So, yep. And that's so, what it sounds like. It's someone like... Where they're like, uh, you know, okay, here's the song. Uh, we're going to record it now. You ready? It's right. one, two, three. It's got that right. thing. And he's, right. yeah, and that's, I believe that's on purpose. Well, he's a huge, he's a big fan of, you know, the Velvet Underground. He's a fan yeah. of, of uh, Can. Captain Beefheart, I would imagine. Stooges. Beef, Stooges. Yeah, be. right. All right, so uh, Marky Smith claimed that the, rec- the recording studio was so appalled by the sound uh, of the final record that the group were asked to remove the studio's name from the album sleeve. <laughs> <laughs> Which said, may or may not be true. We don't yeah. want to be associated could, uh, with this It could thing. also be <laughs> that they were not reimbursed for their efforts you Who never knows? yeah all right so let's uh let's start tearing into this record uh proper um let's listen to a little of the first song psychic dance hall 
they go, yeah. And then when that guitar riff comes in, the fall does this a lot. It sounds like it's almost going to be more like a straight ahead rock song. Right. But then right. the whole band kicks in and like, no, it's not. It's yep. something different. <laughs> right. Right. It's a Bo Diddley. He's got a couple of songs that have the Bo oh, Diddley beat in yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Right. And huge. I mean, a huge, huge Bo Diddley fan and really just a huge fan of early rock and roll. Jerry Lee Lewis and oh, Bo okay, Diddley. Okay. Yeah, that's, that, I mean, that, that makes sense. I mean, that's that the sense. one thing that's pretty consistent, I think, through these records. There's always some kind of like like rockabilly or yeah. rockabilly adjacent yeah. kind yeah. of thing going on. I Even think how, that's no matter ex- how rockabilly adjacent, that's exactly right. Because it's not, you wouldn't go, oh, that's rockabilly, but you definitely go, yeah, that's like next door neighbor. Right, right. Jason, <laughs> that's good. Well, I was thinking, you know a band that some of it reminds me of, but not really, but the uh, the Cramps? Oh, yeah. The, cramp, oh, the, sure. the, yeah, the, sure. the primal element, and then, of course, uh, Perubu. Yeah, yeah. So of if you course. were to describe yeah. them to someone, you could say, well, they're kind of like a mix between Perubu and the Cramps. With a guy with a, a Manchester accent. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Basically yeah. reciting poetry over the top right. of it, which, yeah. you know, um, but in a way that's... So what is, so, so Jeff, uh, I don't know, how deep do you dig into this? Like, what is he talking about here? Round, round the corner is quasi-psychic dance hall. <laughs> Step forward for... E- now he says, yes, he's mentioned ESB Medium Discord. Here they have no records. They know your questions about no words. Just bumble, stumble in the waves, twitching out to the waves. What the fuck is he talking about? Well, it's weird because of these accounts that there was actually in uh, Prestwich, you know, in Manchester, that there was um, there was a dance studio that shut down and a psychic moved in there. Exactly. That's oh. one. Then, that's one of the stories. That's one of them. But the and, and I guess there are a bunch of variations on that, but. This other thing that is, I mean, is just more attractive idea to me that I've heard him say is that it's like this speculating on a future where there could be discos without any music. Right. Exactly. Because he's, <laughs> oh, I like that. Yeah, I like that. it's the, it's there in the sort of towards the um, um, towards where is it? Oh yeah, here they have no records. They right. know your questions about no words. Just bumble, stumble to the waves, twitching out to the waves. So the psychics are projecting the music, and people right. are dancing to it. Um, exactly. It's Clocket Rocket. It's Quester Psychic Dance Hall. <laughs> Never bored with ESP Medium Discord. Right. When I'm dead and gone, my vibrations will live on. In vibes, not vinyl through the years. People will dance to my waves. So you're right. That's what he's saying. And maybe he's being cagey by not talking about that particular aspect of it in um, the interviews. By saying, you know, saying, yeah, it was this place where some, you know, they closed down and some psychics moved in. Right. Um, Right. You got to come for a mental orgasm. There's also also one of these, this, that, that first line of like, really the first verse is lifted straight from, one of his favorite bands, the Groundhogs. Um, oh, really? That my my garden is made of stone. There's a there's a computer center over the road. That's <laughs> that's that's lifted intact from a record called Thank Christ for the Bomb, which is a great record. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. uh, okay. Uh, and right. He went on to cover a couple more of their tunes in later years too. Ah, look at you um, coming with the did they got the knowledge? <laughs> He's well, the he Groundhogs was a record collector. Yeah. Oh, okay, well, okay. the Groundhogs will be playing up underneath this, so no, no problem there. You know, it's it's <laughs> funny because he was into music, but there, um, just I, I in in finding stories about him, 
uh, one of the guys from uh, from Suede, the drummer Matt Osman, he said Suede was like opening for them on a handful of dates. Yeah. And he they had already been warned about that he could be really rough on support bands, but he said. But he said he was really nice. He was really great with them and cool. So on, on the drive home from the tour, they were all listening to the radio. And um, and uh, Marky Smith was being interviewed by uh, oh. Richard Skinner on BBC. And then the guy asked him, do, do, you, do you like any of the new bands that call you an influence? And then Mark said, like who? And he said, well, like Suede. And he said, never heard of them. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, that's Mr. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so yeah. let's uh let's get into the second track on this record. Let's listen to A Figure Walks. Yeah, I think, the, you know what's all over the, I mean, look, this record is so strewn with obscure literary references, and which is great, <laughs> you right? think? I mean, I, I love them, but also, I mean, I, it's a great rock and roll record. I think. Also, I mean, I yes. Know, but the, the stuff that is all over this record, for sure, and, and actually throughout the, the whole catalog, is um, Lovecraft, who H.P. Lovecraft. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or some, yeah. kind of like, you know, really huge on. Right. And um, William Blake also. Yep, yes. All over the place on this record, too. Um, there's some, um, the Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner is yep. in here. There's little, there's little snippets of all this stuff. But what I love about it is, you know, there's this, this lyric here where he's describing this figure behind him. And you can sort of visualize it. it oh, of course. Me a little, it reminds me a little bit of like that um, that David Lynch, that that cat that shows up behind the dumpster and freaks everybody out. Oh, yeah. This kind of monster. Yeah, in, uh, in uh, Mulholland Drive. Mulholland right? Drive, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, also there's this kind of sort of over-the-top weirdness going on. Oh, yeah. But then also at the same time – so. I guess the first time that they performed this, or one of the times they performed this, he dedicated the song to, to Lovecraft. Yeah. And he said that Lovecraft Shrink said that he thought the shadow was his own father. The <laughs> was, he said the shad was his dad. Right. Oh, okay. Um, because, um, because Lovecraft's father went nuts and died in an asylum. So, uh, well, there's this weird, you know, on the one hand, it's like this monster and it's kind of, well, probably, you know and what? on the other hand, it's deeply psychological. Of course. It, it does. Oh, yeah. And it makes sense because everyone has a dad. And at the end he says, there's a man on my trail. He's also behind you, behind you. So it's like, everyone's got a dad, you know, walk him out. Right. The, the, the most me- the thing that uh, freaks me out the most in this song are those symbol, the random symbol shots that come in mm. and they just, <laughs> mm. yeah. and I just like jump every time they come yeah, in. Yeah. Mm. 
<laughs> yeah, the Lovecraft, I mean, Lovecraft was a deeply misogynistic and uh, misanthropic, not misogynistic. Right, misanthropic. Uh, like mis- you, like you've been referred misanthropic. to. Misanthropic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, yes, yeah, in print. That article, that guy called you a misanthrope. Did he really? Yeah, uh, I guess he did. I've kinda... <laughs> that, was, that was for that soul asylum. No, this is before that, believe it or not. <laughs> that, um, so Lovecraft, you, you come to find out, was um, a deeply tortured individual. Oh, yeah, well, I can um, imagine. Well, no, when you read the stories, you think, oh, this guy's a good writer. And then later on, you figure out, oh, you know. He had real demons. Yeah, he was writing about demons, but he had real demons. For sure. I think, yeah, I think Marky had some demons, too. And uh, so this this next one, I think, is the first one that's definitely uh, self-referential to the band. And uh, and let's listen to a little bit of printhead. Hey, you are a face. I'm a printhead. I go to pieces. Uh, I'm a printhead. From uh, uh, things that were written about them live performance, <laughs> yeah, but he right. references right in the song. He tells you that it's a quote because he said, uh, th- "There's a barrier between the writer and singer." Uh huh. He's a good man, although a lazy, lazy one. one. The singer is a neurotic drinker. drinker. The band, little more than a big crashing beat. Instruments collide, and we all, all get, get drunk. drunk. The last two lines were a quote, yeah. This is the song. The last two lines were a quote, yeah. When we read them, we went to pieces. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, how, how much more meta can you get than that, right? Yeah, that's crib straight from a kind of a pan. Yeah, yeah, right, and right. And a melody maker. Yeah. One uh, day a week, I'm a printhead, yeah. 20 pence a week, dirty fingers. Because when you read <laughs> cheap, like, newsprint, right, then right, you get, right. your fingers get, get black. Yeah. Um, <laughs> another kind of gratuitous another another um book that keeps showing up here is um under the volcano malcolm lowry's under the volcano um and the that those last that last couplet is also s- straight lift from that book. Is it oh really, really? At the wow. end there, yeah with print you substitute an ear for an extra useless eye that's right so he's he's just taking that verbatim from the from it, uh, he's, he's, par- he's I guess he's. It's not. He's paraphrasing. Par- paraphrasing. Yeah. Close yeah. enough that you. Uh, um, that and uh, there's another great line in this tune. Just it just stands alone. How could printed vinyl bring you out to here? So <laughs> he's just described the entire process of of a record with printed vinyl causing people that people listen to and then they appear at a place to see this band and it's just the way he phrases it right. is so odd yeah yeah 
Um, and the, the where he says, I'm no egghead, but I'm an ex-worker man. <laughs> WC, hero friend, and not water closet. What is it? Is he talking about uh, WC Fields there? No. No, a working, working class. Working oh, class. working class. Okay. Yeah, uh, and I didn't figure that out on my own. That's definitely part of these notes from annotatedfall.doombie.com. <laughs> okay. They really help make you seem smarter than they you do. are. Oh, right? Otherwise, I'd be standing here going, yeah, I have no there idea. Are, wow. There are some people that go in pretty super... Well, thank, thank goodness they do because yeah. otherwise yeah. we would just be mystified and be like, "Well, that was a cool song." <laughs> I have no idea what he's talking about. Yeah. And I'm only—I'm going to say this right now. I'm only going to say this because I know he's not going to listen to this episode. But uh, Jeffrey Weaver is clearly much smarter than uh, Mark Dubin was in our last episode. Mm-hmm. Oh, geez, don't do that. <laughs> he's not going to—he's not going to listen to this. He I'll doesn't care what. about the fall. I've got him outsmarted on the Soul Asylum issue. All right, all right. You know, different strokes, different. But, no. Like Marky Smith says, uh, sang different strokes for different folks. <laughs> Didn't he sing that? Yeah, I thought that, that was, was that, that was Abraham Lincoln said that. <laughs> that listen. Loved the Mark Dubin episode. Okay. Uh, good. It was, uh, yes, it was contentious but fun. It was fun. For sure. Um, all right, so we're about like at the halfway mark of this thing. I see Barry's drink is completely empty. It's gone. And uh, so he has no chance of spilling it. So, Well, I can spill the ice. <laughs> yeah, so let's take, uh, let's take a little breather, and we'll be back uh, in a minute with more of uh, our guest, Jeffrey Weaver, talking about Dragnet by the Fall. <laughs> The record got me high is proud to be sponsored by Lockheed Martin, Boeing, Raytheon, Northrop Grumman, General Dynamics, and Is This Tomorrow, a weekly webcomic cataloging the ridiculous and in no way resembling real life where a US president draws on a weather map with a sharpie and tries to make people believe that it was like that to begin with. Wait, okay I got lost. Is This Tomorrow catalogs the absurd antics happening at the Zorro television channel, which is like Fox News but not as infuriating. Get less infuriated now at isthistomorrow.com. That's isthistomorrow.com. Is This Tomorrow and That Record Got Me High bring you Mark E. Smith and Mark really being interviewed in 1982. You fellas really don't look ahead and say, hey, we will plan a situation. You're just doing it as it occurs. And, and you're happy with that? Yeah. <laughs> Get to see the world, etc. It's great, isn't it? Fantastic. I don't think I've got my, much further to go because they're just happy guys. And you're in the country doing well. Have a good stay. We're going to play a little bit of Container Driver. And, uh, oh, I must ask, I just must ask this before we go to that. Hex Induction Hour is the title of your current album. Right. Why the title and what's it mean? It's a word I made up. You it's made like, it up? Yeah, it's like, right. <laughs> it's like an induction into the fall. Mm-hmm. Because we changed a bit on that LP from the... We did about three or four before that. Yeah. Well, well we did five before that. It's funny, I didn't realise that until the LP came out. The hex means six as well, isn't it? And it is a sixth album. So the sixth Weird. induction hour. And it lasts one hour, the album. Yeah. Go and get it. And if you can, catch them. What stage do you do, do you know? Well, I mean, you don't know where you're going, so how would you know? <laughs> <laughs> I think they're doing the, the, the three the states on the east. <laughs> Try and catch them. The four lovely blokes. Mark and Mark, thank yep, you. I'm Let's sure. have a look at this. The container driver. Just portion of it. Then we go to the divine. That's all right. You can take it. This is this is where all, all the all the South Florida dirt 
Yeah, up. right. I know. Yeah, it's true. I know. Sometimes we feel like we go a little too deep in the south, but these are interesting people. You know, some you know of them what? I actually think it's kind of cool. I actually like the idea of having like a. It's cool to have like a kind of geocrat, like you know that you guys are in a place. You know, you're stop somewhere. talking. Stop talking good about us. We're not recording it. Wait, wait, Jeffy. Wait till we come back on so you can say nice things about us. He's saying, he's saying good things about us, Barry. I told you guys him, lost. Up. You guys oh, lost. It's recording. All my, it's still recording. <laughs> Go ahead. You guys lost all my fawning praise in the beginning. You're gonna I know, have to. We you're did. gonna have to. That's terrible. All right. That's all right. We'll have you on. Uh, Again, for another record, and you could uh, say more nice things. Yeah, I would love that. <laughs> and then I had great. another, and then I had a totally different experience a couple weeks ago listening to your show where you did um, the live at the Star Club, the Jerry Lee Lewis episode. Right. Yes. Which I was like, where I was like, I'm the only person in the world who listens to this record. Oh, oh really? Oh. And I was so psyched. You are because wow. you're the only. Everyone so else told me they'd never heard of it before. About it, you know? That's great. Oh, so we found someone that besides Jack yeah. Rabbit that knew about that record already <laughs> because no one else did. Uh, oh, yeah. that's awesome. That was a joy for me. All right, make sure. Are we? Are we yeah, recording? Well, good? We, yeah, we haven't I stopped. Don't sound so cocksure anymore. Well, no, it's. I'm watching your, that. Your credibility has gone down a little with that. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right, so we are back. Uh, we're here. That record got me high. That is Barry Stock. That is Rob Elba. And we're talking to our good friend Jeffrey Weaver, who we just met on the phone uh, <laughs> <laughs> about yeah. a half hour ago. Uh, we're talking about the fall. And before we get go more on the record, I want to talk about the cover because it's an awesome cover. I really like. The, oh uh, yeah, yes, the, yes, it is. The cover. It's very. <laughs> it's just. It's like the fall. It's a little mysterious because, like, w- dragnet. The word dragnet. Why are all the letters uh, lowercase except the G is uppercase? <laughs> right. <laughs> right? right, and it's right. got and it's got a web, but it's got a spider, but not a fly, a butterfly. Right, which so it's it's cool. It's very and and I would I feel like if I saw this record, like a lot of Jeffrey, you're probably the same way. Didn't you like back in the day? Would you just buy records oh, just yeah. from looking at the cover? Oh, oh totally. Yeah. Right. So and I would have. I feel like I would have bought this if I saw it. Like I, I bought Live at the Witch Trial specifically because I heard that song on it. But I think if I had seen this, I would have. But it probably wasn't that easy to get. You know, yeah. and you can you can you can see it on the uh, the the back cover too because it's kind of one of you know he would do these kind of like crude collage type things. You can see where in the '90s, like you know, a bunch of lo-fi bands started kind of aping this design style, like oh, pavement. Right, you know, right. the next few records, like sure. Th- there, there's an aesthetic. I think I think maybe right here he wasn't quite confident enough to put. It's their second record. Right. <laughs> All this stuff on the front of the album. But right. he did do it. He did do it a few records later with um, Hex Induction Hour. Hex Induction Hour. Oh, which is Hour. a great record, it too. Is. Yeah. It is. All right, but we're talking about Dragnet here, and let's get into the fourth song on this. This is, we're going to listen to a little bit of Dice Man. Take a chance, ma. Do you take a chance, ma? But really good. I I I love this is one of my favorite songs on the record. 
And uh, all right, so what's Dice Man? I have a feeling, Jeffrey, that you know what this is based on. So give us a little insight to Dice Man. What Dice Man? Yeah, um, this guy Luke Reinhardt wrote a novel about um, a psychologist who is kind of at the end of his rope, and you know, disenchanted with his um, practice, and just decides to. Um, Start rolling dice to determine <laughs> right, to, and, and make decisions by whatever people. he rolls on the dice. And you know, it, it really—it's a great book. It's not a book I think that would get published today by a major press. Right, like it's kind of hardcore. You know, he's got—he's got his patients um, going off to do some kind of brutal thing. Well, I heard. Yeah, I heard um, that. I heard this. It's very yeah. dark. Yeah, it is a dark. It is a dark book, but it's. It's a great book. And and actually, I think it ended up getting some kind of cult uh, following. And uh, some people, probably some people started doing, I, after well, reading it, there's started another, doing it. There's another, in, um, you know, he, in one of the earlier, in uh, Psychic Dance Hall, in one of the interviews, he referenced Philip K. Dick. And there's, yeah. in uh, The Man in the High Castle, uh, one of the main characters um, uses the um, traditional method of, you, of using the I Ching oh, to right. make decisions, yeah, that's right. Throws that you throw these sticks and you interpret yeah. the way that they land, and then you make your, your you ask it questions basically, and then you get your answer based on that too. So, um, right, a couple of vectors. In okay, so and, and I think I think he's and I think he's talking about two kinds of chance here, right? Like there's chance randomness, right? But I think this song is also about just like, you know, it, it's it's funny because you go back to that. Um, I know you guys did a Buzzcocks episode. You go back to that lesser free trade hall, the Sex Pistols show. Yep. Where all those, you know, all those people were there that went on to form those yes, bands. Yes, exactly. You know, and Martin Hannett was there. And yeah. I don't know, I think Morrissey was there, all those people. Yeah. And, but, uh, you know, it, yep. it, it, yeah, it just, it, it just kind of, with this record, I think it's just funny because all of those bands pretty early on went on to make more just at least on the surface, more kind of polished music, you know, like right, right, they started right. getting more like the production got a little bit glossier. Sure, post-punk, right. yeah, know, they, sure, yeah, and it, it became more proficient and sure, kind of like the whole thing of like killing off all those dinosaurs. I guess they were still doing that, but there was something about making something that was palatable on some level. True, and this guy, this he guy did not give a totally, shit about that, right? He is yeah, totally. He's told he's only one of these bands. I think. I think. I mean, you think about those yeah. bands, whether it was PIL or yeah, but Susie, even PI, yeah, bands. even PIL, there's a there's a commercial aesthetic at work. Yeah, no, that's what I'm that's what I'm saying. It was right. like a great, rich sound, and and it was really careful in a way. Right. You know? yeah. Well, that's so. But funny. there's some. Yeah, which is, there's just there's something about. He's really kind of going after his peers at an early. Yes, like, I know. I agree with you totally because I was going to. He's going after them really early on, you know. Right, right. He's because kind of saying, he's he's kind of saying like, I get the feeling when he starts digging into the people that might come see him, like, well, it was cool that you were taking shots at the Queen or whatever, but that's <laughs> like, right, that's right. Kind of a big, it's kind of a big target, like, and, yeah. and that, that's like low-hanging you know fruit, I mean? like, right? What about you? Like, what about exactly. you? Exactly. Yeah. And if you know you're what? The target. I, it's so funny you said that because I was going to bring up the same thing because he's in the song when he says, 
They say music should be fun, like reading a story of love, but I want to read a horror story. Where are you right. people going? Where are you people going? Is this a branch of, on the tree of show business? Yeah. But right, I right. am the dice man, a balls on the line man. Yeah. Do you take a yeah. chance, baby? Yeah. baby? So yeah, that's great. He's sort of the, yeah, he's sort of throwing down the the gauntlet to these other guys. You know, yeah, I think he you're he totally went on right. throughout his career to kind of disparage and belittle musicians. You know, yeah. he said, I don't want to. Oh, totally, he's totally. Like, yeah. He's like, I don't want to hang out with these people. I don't like them. I don't understand them. Which is, you know, strange because you're in a van with them. I know. But, um, <laughs> well, I think but, he was, you know, I think he was basically just, he was a, just a, a, at a certain level, he's an incredible poet and thinker. And at another level, he's an obnoxious drunk. Yeah, a drunk. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. Yeah. But you know is drunk. Yeah. I, you're right on both points. I think also, I also think he's a great musician too. Because, right. In oh, some yeah. ways, like in some ways, I mean, you say, oh, the guy's not singing, whatever, but he's a percussive. I mean, there's the poetry. And he's directing he's, the people to do that. He's, uh, yeah, he's I, directing it. He's directing it. You know what I think about a lot is James Brown. Yeah. And right, I don't right, think right. it's quite so evident on this record because, you know, the fall would later stretch out to do more of these kind of like prolonged. Sure. Grooves where they would just dig into something and just right. play it, hypnotize you. Yes. With it. Right, right. And he would be there to kind of like keep that in line. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Well, and I, kind of and just kind of punctuate it. Oh yeah. Like, well, I always, knew what, yeah. yeah. When you listen to Fall Records, I always feel like he's doing exactly what he wants to do. He's getting this is what he what he what you're hearing is what he wanted you to hear. Yep. You always get that sense with Marky Smith. Well, I don't think well, to, I don't think he would allow it to come out otherwise. He's such he's such right. a and you know the, the irascible quality of him, and he's also like I'm gonna, you know, I'll go back to Bob Dylan in that when he, when he's there directing things, yeah. it sounds a certain way when he's in the That's room. Right, right, right. If That's he wasn't right. there, the music. It's like people complain, you know, Beefheart's band members complain right. about the way he treated them, and he yes, he treated them like shit. Right, and he was a you know he was not a nice man, but when he was in the room. There was the Captain Beefheart band was, you know, it was the magic band and you, they were making this incredible music. If he wasn't there, it's some it's some guys from, you know, from Lancaster, that's California. Right. That's, that's right. That's the deal. That's right. And and he was, you know, I mean, obviously, like a huge Beefheart fan. He was. Yes. And playing almost, I mean, he didn't compose the music the way Beefheart did. You know, Beefheart would like kind of describe it. Or play it on a play notes on a piano or something, yeah. But I think Marky Smith's sensibility was so kind of overwhelming and powerful that it didn't matter. Like the band had a really good (laughs) idea, like, we're gonna make the sound exactly as kind of you know what the guy wants very specifically, no matter how the song is written. Right, right, right. right, Yeah, that's right. All right, but so uh, to, to that to that point, real quick, you know, there's this right. moment I've been wondering for years about this, and I was listening to it last night because I was listening to the record again last night. There's this moment about 25 or 30 seconds into the song in the left channel where you can hear him say, "I think he's saying, I'm no musician, I am Dice Man." <laughs> <laughs> he's rolling the dice. Right. That's great. 
Um, all right, so let's get to the next song, song number five. This is one of many, I feel like this is a fall manifesto, but he's written many fall manifestos, but I feel like this is one of them. Let's listen to a little of Before the Moon Falls. Yeah, private detectors on and back from a musical Toning uh, reminds me of, uh, of um, you know, he's done, he does this. This is one of his motifs, you know, um, the hip priest, where he goes on. Oh, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes on to discuss at length the uh, some character from a scene who. Right, right, right. So he's telling, yeah, so he's telling this, this story. Uh, we are private detectives onward back from a musical pilgrimage. We work under the name of the fall. Who would suspect this? It, is it too, <laughs> too obvious? obvious. <laughs> um, yeah, the lyrics in this are just are just great. And I, like, there's one thing I was thinking about while I was sitting on the train this morning. And I thought you were going to say sitting on something else, but go. nope. I said on the, I don't. I don't. Nope. I would not bring that up during the show. Good. <laughs> but riding on the train this morning, and I was thinking about the origin of the name, the fall. And the interesting thing about the fall is that this, it's a word that has um, multiple vectors of meaning, which is you've got, obviously, you have um, the, uh, the, the season, and then you have, which is sort of the sound that he projects, which is sort of a gray, um, you never think of them as a sunny. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. You know, right. Even if they're sunniest, it's, there's still a little bit of that, that sort of um, uh, shadowed, Right. Uh, a fallen leaf sound. And then there's also the fall d- as in um, the fall of man from, you know, in the, in the, in the biblically, myth. biblically yeah. the fall of man. And I actually had thought of another one, but um, alcohol and time have erased it from my mind. So <laughs> if I think of the, well, yeah, well, there's, there's the fall, the novel, you know, there's, uh, Albert Camus' novel, The Fall. Oh, right. Okay. But, you know, exactly. When yes. I first when I first heard The Fall, I was like, "Oh, is this because there's all of these like all of these riffs? There's these descending riffs ah, and all these things." Yeah. Right. Um, Everything goes who's going downwards. Right. Yeah. Everything's yeah. headed downwards. Yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. I'm sure, and I'm sure he must did, he must have been asked about the name and gave a, a variety of. Um, uh, absurd explanations for probably so probably so I, I think rob is right on about this being their manifesto i mean he you know their other i think in the first record you know he, they were a song called repetition which i think is very something people associate with the fall just yes. kind of like you know running over and over something but i think this right. this um stanza which is Basically, William Blake is is just like laying the whole thing down for the next whatever it is forty years almost, which is William Blake, which is um, I must create a system or be enslaved by another man's. Like, right? I have to do this. 
this has got to be my project or it's going to be somebody else's. Right. And then, right. Yeah. and then it's worthless, you know? Right. Right. Uh, yeah. And, and uh, what you were saying about the music, it's true. I was thinking, you know, some of it, it reminds me of reggae without sounding like reggae but they do that a lot because they get like a throbbing beat especially with the bass and the drums yeah. sort of lock in yeah, and it, it's sure. sort of like reggae but it doesn't sound like reggae yeah. but uh, yeah they definitely I well, mean, also, a also a reggae fan I mean I know he listened to a lot of dub I think a lot of those oh, I'm sure were you, at the you, time you could tell that you could tell that yes Definitely, and also Motorik. There was, you know, there was uh, the rep, you know, the German, the Krautrock, the stuff. Can, yeah, the Krautrock, uh, you know, um, Faust and uh, uh, um, Noy, and, and those people. The, the, it's all in there, um, also, along with Bo Diddley, and yeah, and, yep. uh, and it's weird though, right? Because <clears throat> for people who like who haven't discovered this band yet, it's kind of, like it's here in little pieces. Like there are hints of it. Yeah. But as the records unfold after this, like the Krautrock stuff, the repetition, like it just gets deeper and deeper and heavier and oh, yeah, heavier definitely, musically, definitely. you know, yeah. like. Yeah. Well, he was finding his, his voice. I mean, he had he had a distinct voice right from the start, from the first record. But still, yeah. he was always, uh, you know, sort of sort of building on that. He, he never yeah. totally shifted uh, gears into something totally yeah. different, but he built on it always, whatever he did. Um, yeah. All right, so let's get to the next song, which is also another one where he's sort of uh, paraphrasing his critics and sort of answering them. Uh, this is mm. Your Heart Out. Just take, for instance, a time of great depression. lines are don't cry for me mexico or savage pencil i'm nearly healthy what the fuck does that mean <laughs> no, right i was wondering that. well savage savage pencil you guys both have seen savage pencil so he, he was a um illustrator and cartoonist and he did loads of punk rock so um, we just we may have seen it and, and not realized that oh okay you didn't yeah. realize it was him but oh. i guess what happened here and i I didn't understand what the story was behind him and being in the song, but evidently he he um, he made a comic strip in some you know little weekly thing that showed Marky Smith getting beat up by a bunch of punk rockers <laughs> because he wasn't because he wasn't conforming. To, you know, oh, nice! <laughs> and and Savage Pencil said you know uh, that he thinks. It was Marky Smith saying, "Look, I, you know, I can fight my own battles. Like I don't need you making, a, you know, making a comment." Ah, okay. That's awesome. Um, all right, okay. And and obviously he's referencing someone must have said because he says, uh, "You've got one to take out. You know what I'm talking about? I don't sing. I just shout, right. <laughs> all on one note. <laughs> he sing, 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 sing. Right. Heavy clout, heart out." Now yeah. here's a joke to cheer you up. Old times, <laughs> no surgeon, 
just magi- magicians and dungeons. There, they take your heart out with a sharp knife. And it, it wasn't fake. They had no anesthetic. That joke's pathetic. <laughs> That's great. You know, it's funny because this, this, this tune always just seems kind of, you know, it's got this nice bouncy thing going on. Yeah, yeah. It seems like yeah. a little bit of a palate cleanser between these kind of like heavier right. tunes here. I never really paid much attention to the lyrics. And it was only just last night I was trying to figure out what is the deal with this That's song. what happens. Yeah, that's what and happens. And I guess, um, right, is Una Baines, who played the keyboard, said that they wrote this song um, uh, to Elvis the night he died. Uh, that it's about it's about um, it's about Elvis getting kind of just exploited and yeah. feasted on. Just by look his at me, hangers on. Too much speed, but very plain. You're lucky, friend. You've got one to take out. You know what I'm talking about. Right. And I don't sing. I just shout. All on one note. Sing, 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 sing. Look at me. I just ding. Heart is out. <laughs> out. It's out. So, and at the end, he says, heart is out. Out. It's out. Okay, there's three things. Elvis died of a heart attack, right? Yes. <laughs> also, he's saying, is he singing from the heart or is he singing he's removed his own heart, which he discusses earlier in the lyrics, right. to, and he's singing purely intellectually. Right. So, the guy's a fucking genius. He goes, okay, he just he just constructed a puzzle lyrically that you go, oh, wait a second. I have no idea which one of those things he's, or all of those well, things. Well, you know, the, the, thing, the thing is, is <clears throat> I think especially like in pop music, like that word gets thrown around a lot, but he was a genius. Yeah, like, clearly. Oh, he had yeah. A, like he had a genius for this very yeah, specific exactly, thing. Exactly. Exactly. And you know, there are people. You know, there are people who will say, "Well, he, you know, he's a, a genius." Like you know, that these things be, could be transcribed and bound and published yeah, as poetry, yeah, which they could. They could. But be, it's kind but of like it's kind of like with, it's kind of like with Dylan. It's like. But why? Right. Like, they, they're, they, only, like, they work within the context of exactly what this is and exactly what he wanted to do within this song. And you, right. you, you know, you puzzle them out there. But yeah, in a book, it, it, you know, it's fine. But, but also, why? Why? Like, I like books. But why? <laughs> like, why? Like, books, why read a book? If books and records are different rock, things. This if is, you can you listen know? to a rock and roll record for sure. You know, and get all that. of that, and get all of that. All right. of that weird Plus. intensity, and you could also kind of dance to it. If you wanted to kinda. dance, until the drummer does that one roll that he knows how right. to do, <laughs> <laughs> or he hits that random cymbal shot that you know like knocks you off your ass. You know what? That's a, that's all right. He was shit canned before the next. Round. I'm of sure he was. was. Of, of course, course he was. was. <laughs> he found another drummer that did exactly the same thing. All right. <laughs> so that song finished side one. So we flip the record over, and this to me. I don't even know why this song is the most terrifying song on the record to me. Let's listen to a little of Muzoreri's Daughter. Yeah, right.
unusual. This, the lyrics, it's, it's pretty much known that the lyrics for this song were written by Kay Carroll, who was their manager at the time. The right. manager yeah. at the time. And what, so I'm sure, there's no way you would know what this song was about unless you, like, oh, no, researched you to, it. Oh, no, you totally have to research it. But yeah. what's he singing about, uh, Jeffrey? Tell us. So, I guess, well, first of all, <laughs> it's funny because not only is he... It's spelled the guy's correct. Spelled it's spelled wrong. wrong. It's spelled, of course, he's mispronouncing. Yeah, he is. But but that's kind but, of a thing he does. They do that a lot. He does. He well, does. British so, people this, do so that intentionally guy. to piss other people off. I can tell you, they mispronounce French <laughs> to piss off the French. I know oh, this. That's good. I'm going to start doing so, that. Marky Smith, I think, also had it in for the French a little bit too. Yeah. But, <laughs> um, me and so him, the, me and him are, are the same is, in that point. This is this guy who was he was. He was a Methodist bishop. His name was Muzarewa. Muzarewa. Yes. yes. And he was prime minister of this brief yes. yeah. formation. Zimbabwe, um, Rhodesia. We're looking That's at the right. same web page yeah, right know, now. Yeah, no, we're looking at the same thing. <laughs> it was half Rhodesia. It was in between Rhodesia and Zimbabwe. He was defeated in 1980, and he he ran against Robert Mugabe. Obviously, lost. <laughs> yeah. Mugabe is my, Mugabe is he, he's still alive, right? Yes. Um, and got got less than five percent of the votes. Um, so and, this is basically just Kay Carroll imagining what it would be like to be his daughter, <laughs> right? But but some of the lyrics are almost play on like um, almost like. Western um, uh, cliches about like Africa, like cannibalism. I was. I've Muzo- been in the pot too I've long. Been in the pot, pot too long. Too hot in the pot too long. Um, and the basically the vast majority of the song is him saying, "I'm Mazzarelli's daughter." Yeah. I'm Mazzarelli's. But then he does these shrieks in it too, which are terrifying. <laughs> yeah, this, yeah, I think that's what's, what's one of the things that's really frightening about this. Yes, song. yes. He's he's good at that. And it's line. very because it's very. This is one of the most more lo-fi sounding songs in the record, and it's so it's very lo-fi. It's very primal. It's got that prime, and it builds and builds, and it's just something. I'm too really long in the pot. I'm too long in the mouth. I'm too long in the pot. I'm too long in the nips. I'm too long in the tits. I'm too long in the mitts. I'm Mazzarelli's daughter. Right. See, it's funny. It's funny because I, I think, right? You know, had she known that Mugabe was next, she might have been a little, a little bit more kinder to Mugabe. Yeah, yeah. But I think the idea was he was, you know, he was, he was like a. I think he was educated in America. Yes. And, and the take on that was it was just like a, an extension of colonialism. Like exactly. Was basically right. going in there to kind of like tell these people how to live, and um, that. The daughter. I don't know if the daughter is supposed to be like you know like we're. But all he didn't have a daughter. It, like they're no, he, it, just, just saying he probably he had sons, but he didn't even no have a daughter. daughter. But yeah. this is no, just sort of speculating. He did. He did have a daughter. He, he had did. A daughter. Uh, he see, did have a daughter. smarter than us, Barry. He knows more. No, than but uh, he's no, looking at I the just, same stuff I am, and later on the same the just, other people I'm go. Just, no, he didn't have a daughter. So it, there's Rob. I'm just Rob. I'm just a bigger nerd than you are. I'm going with I'm going with Jeffrey on this one. But the intro, they talk about how the intro has got a fake neck, like American, like Kaliga or uh, or a Bill Monroe song that had those fake, like American right, Indian right. thing going on. Right, it's right. not African at all. Right. It's oh, right, right. Yeah. Put a, put a, put a uh, like Native American people. Exactly. Right, 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 right. right. <laughs> 
But uh, the creepiness of this, this is what uh, I think what you were talking about before, Jeffrey, about how the other punk bands, like when when I first read about punk and then I heard bands like the Sex Pistols and the Clash, it's like, oh, that's, that's it's good because it's still, oh, I yeah. loved it. It sounded like rock. But this sounds more like what I imagined exactly. punk rock sounded like. Exactly. Like things like this. Like sort of hard, <laughs> like you couldn't really, it's not, it's like, oh, this is really shambolic and on the edge of, can they really play? They can't really play. Right, and right. Is, what the fuck's going is on? Is this professional or is it unprofessional? It's the, it's the, it's the real deal. Exactly. It's the real, the deal. real deal. Exactly. Yeah, right. It's un, unvarnished. Uh, unvarnished. All right. So listen to the second song on side two. Uh, this this song's got some swing. Oh. It's got some swinging drums in it. Uh, oh, this is my jam. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is Jeffrey's jam. Let's listen to Flat of Angle. I later in the '80s they had an album uh, I Am Curious Orange and and uh, which I yeah. I listened to a lot I remember back in the day and this uh, this vibe here in this song is a, like a, a song that's on I Am Curious Orange too yeah. so he's definitely used this before with the acoustic with the strumming acoustic uh, with the drums and it's really cool I love it well you know what's funny is I, this is another thing I just got clued into yesterday because I was thinking uh, looking this up but uh, if you listen to uh, Elvis is his latest flame. You know, Marie's the name of his latest flame. Yeah, it's, it's this. It's the same. It's the same riff. Oh, it's, really? Yeah, it's a, I, I yeah. knew the riff sounded so familiar. Oh, that's. I was funny. like, man, yeah. this sounds really familiar, and I can't figure out what it is. And of course, he's got. There's a multitude of things that are referenced in here. Oh yeah, God yeah. Dragnet. Okay, so there's a dragnet for gun blast man, and so this is. He's talking about a murder. The papers had her father holding up a picture. His son-in-law killed her. So you know this is something he saw on the cover of a newspaper. Right, of, a tabloid. Like a tabloid. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yes, he killed his wife. She was wasting his life. Right. His veins were full of evil serum. But th- but what's done is done. Yeah, now he's trapped <laughs> in, in a flat of angle. And I, I think flat, when he's using flat, he's talking about a guy hiding out in his flat, right? In, yeah. That, but he's also talking about flat like two-dimensional he's playing so he's playing he's with got the word both, yeah, he, I think both things right you know what barry i had never i'd never that had never he, he's got word. he's doing he's like uh um it's like a um godard it's like alphaville or it's like it's got a um who's trapped in a flat of angles rented cage is flat of angles right down to its gables and first he started yeah, on the so floorboard he's, he's got 120 degrees there, from the window door opens a specification and Keeps out stupid neighbors. So this, you know, yeah, it's great. It's just he he goes from he he shifts gears so quickly and so unexpectedly to something that's you know from something um, menacing to something funny. 
um, he does. He, he leaves you. You don't really know what to do. Yeah. Like, yeah. This isn't. Well, that's that's what the uncanny is. This is a, this is also this is another Lovecraft thing. Lovecraft wrote a story called Dreams in the Witch House, where this guy moves into this attic. He rents this attic in this cursed house. Right. That's and, right. Uh, that's right. That's right. And you know, it's got more than three dimensions. It, it it's opens got, up into these really this kind of absurd geometry that and there's that also super a, into like, yep it also appears in uh, um the uh, um another one of his stories where they visit the uh, um what's the one that's like the um that takes place in like antarctica and they go and it's a oh the mountains of madness Mount, uh, in the mountains of madness and they go and there are these things that these scientists find this remnants of this ancient culture that they can't actually describe exactly (laughs) they cannot actually comprehend it that's the end uh um but then he also play and he throws in this thing he's obviously seen the american tv show dragnet because it's got some of that feel in there too it totally does it's got the it's got a little piece of that theme in there somehow (laughs) too (laughs) for sure uh um it's uh, this th- this is my favorite song on the record. It's just well, amazing. I have to say, you know, the other th- the other thing about this song for me, which is if you listen to the the song is much longer than it seems to me. The second half of the song for me is where this is like, okay, this is what the fall is going to be doing from now on because the last couple minutes is just um, Steve Hanley on the bass. Hold like really, that's when the bass kind of you know. I think a lot of these post-punk bands did this, where they started fronting the bass would carry the yeah, melody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, 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 right exactly. Sort of, the guitars would just kind of, you know, provide the accents. Right, yeah, right, right, exactly. Textures. But that became like, you know, one of the main features of this band's sound. Yes, and here, yes. it's just like two minutes, which isn't a long time because they'd go on to do it for you know ten <laughs> minutes. Right, right. But really, just like kind of work it. Down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Just bass digs in, right? Yeah, and that and gets that groove. That's what I said. That's another thing. What I said, which reminds me of like something reggae does, but it doesn't sound anything like reggae. But it's sort of the right. same idea. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, it's awesome. All right, so let's get to the next song. This is the weird. I think it's one of the weirdest songs in the record uh, because what it's called is not even referenced in the song per uh, se. Joe, this is, uh, yeah. <laughs> this is Chuck Chuck Stock. A pop stalker makes my pop stalker Away like a pop sex stickers Away like a wig TV Okay, this this brings up something in my mind that I thought about. He's he's doing things. He's writing riffs that are atten- intentionally irritating and cloying. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah, this, totally. this riff is is meant to be to go along with the lyrics in an yeah. annoying. Yeah, it's annoying, almost like a kid going na 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 na. It is exactly what it is. It's the musical equivalent of na na na. Exactly what it is. And I I feel like a lot of it is ad a lot of this is ad libbed, but. But also, he's got some great lines. Uh, he's got, oh, yeah. now 
all the uh, bourgeoisie, they hate our crazy scene because we dig pop stop stickers. We like weak tea. We like tea. Uh, bourgeoisie and weak tea. He, he rhymed. <laughs> I but we're the awesome. pro- But what was discussed in this uh, ab- about this was that um, he's making fun of. Remember when uh, um, Jeffrey was saying he's making fun of his peers because, but yeah. they're the product of the same systems beyond their control. They stayed on at school and tolerate bad manners. So they're <laughs> like the, the ones that are complaining about things yeah. are came out of exactly the same. Right. I feel like he's singing to John, specifically to Johnny John Rotten. Yeah, John Lydon. <laughs> he is possible. actually. You, you know, I think I think there's a, there's a little bit of disdain here for you know the kind of like a bunch of snobs who started showing up to see the fall and all these bands play. Yes, were probably like kind of turning their nose up at you know just. Pop music, exactly. Right, right, yeah, right, right, that's right. right. He is uh, saying you're not any. All you're doing is if you're all if all you're doing is reacting to pop music, then you're just a product of the same exact thing. Yes, <laughs> right. right. This rem- real quick. This reminds me of something. Another really funny thing I read for a while when a Pavement first record came out, people would uh, people would like play uh, songs to him from Pavement, and he refused to believe that it wasn't just uh, just bootleg live things of the fall. <laughs> <laughs> he was trying to go, well, they got that from a show. That's the fall. And they're like, no, this is this other band. Rob and I have an ongoing and ongoing to believe it. an ongoing discussion about Pavement. There, there is an ad lib that I do love in this song, Rob, which is at, um, like, toward the end, you know, kind of like there's a little bit of a bridge where it breaks down and the bass is more prominent. Right. And the, the guitar in one of the channels kind of, like, goes hinky a little bit. Yes. <laughs> and, um, and then it drops out and it's, you know, you're only getting one of the two guitars. <laughs> and at the end of the verse, he actually says, oh, he's bust his guitar. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's he's great. responding in the moment yeah, yeah, to what's moment, happening in the studio. That's great. Because yeah. you know this shit was so recorded great. live. There's no way they, you know, <laughs> oh, they had them, right. it's like, you know. All right. Yeah. Well, speaking of that, now we get to the to the epic. I feel like this is the epic of the record. Oh, totally. It is a dense epic. Let's listen to we Spectre listen to it a, a little bit, but it's like two parts of it. But definitely right now, we're going to listen to the first part of Spectre versus Rector. But that, but that throbbing bass thing is sort of like the constant throughout the yes. song, and it's yeah. a horror. It's a it's a horror story. He goes it on is. to yes, basically yes, yes. tell uh, in Lovecraft again, and Ray Milland, and God bless these people. There's people. What the fuck's Ray Ray Milland doing in this because song? Because <laughs> there was okay. There's some people who said that there's a line in here. Um, We're saying, "Rape me, Lord." And this hero. 
And this hero was a strange man. These flowers, those flowers, take them away, he said. They're only funeral decorations. So there's people that went and they watched every Ray Milland movie to try and figure (laughs) out if there was where, if he said that. And that's where Ray Milland comes in. Right. And um, so let's see. Let's see. I'm going to read from well, this. Movie, Let me read from this website real quick. Yeah, Clockwork yeah. Style as his hunchbacked assistant Matt irrigated his eyes. The two of them spent four months in this manner, searching <laughs> for the evidence that would co- connect Milan to the fall and vindicate them once and for all. As the clock struck midnight on the morning of the 14th, Matt squeezed out the last drop of um, Visine, and it seemed the game was up. But in fact, it was only just beginning. Groggy and half asleep. Ball bag and Matt were jolted into awareness by the shocking scene that was unfolding on their computer. It was um, from the movie <laughs> Premature Burial and yeah. a movie by um, uh, Roger, Roger Corman. Corman well, who was also mentioned in, in the, the song, movie. Yes. Corman. So um, so it says in an early scene in the movie, he and his wife, Emil, Emily Galt, are walking in a graveyard. She picks some flowers with which she proposes, quote, to brighten up that dreary old house for Carell. She shoved the flowers in Carell's face, demanding, quote, aren't they lovely? But he swats them away from him, commanding her to take them away. He goes on to avow, I loathe flowers. You must promise never to bring those sickly funeral decorations into the house. Galt agrees, but she seems none too happy about it. So, Marky Smith has seen the movie (laughs) Premature Burial, by Roger Corman yeah. with Ray Milland and stolen the line and turned it into a portion of this Lovecraftian, bizarre, demonic possession Exorcism epic. story. Exorcism yeah. right, story. Right, exorcism story. Which is just amazing. It, I, it's, really, it, it's really dense with layers. The fact yes, that you're going dense is the word. <laughs> the, 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 the fa- like the idea that you're going from Roger Corman into having to... F- you know, into Ray Milan. Ray Milan was the guy who was in the Lost Week- Weekend. Yes, he was about in the, the Lost Weekend. He played yeah, the drunk. Exactly. Another, yes. al- you know, another alcoholic. Which uh, exactly, definitely, <laughs> the subconscious at work there for sure. But you know, it's not. I guess you know. There's one thing. It's cool that these Easter eggs are here, right? But for me, you don't. It's really. You don't necessarily have to know that. No, you well, don't. it's working. The reason they're there is for him, right? He's right. using it to kind of cultivate this vibe. Yes. And it works, you it know? It does. It does, because I've always, even before I knew any of this shit, as soon as you heard Marky Smith, it just sort of, I, at least for me, it caught my ear and it said, oh, oh okay, yeah, right, I yeah. want to hear more of this guy, right, and I want to right. hear what this guy said. But says. he's also got Lovecraft in here. Yog yeah. satoth Ray Milland. So Yog satoth is from Mountains of Madness, or one of the Lovecraft things. It's, it's, yeah, it's from the Cthulhu. The Cthulhu mythologist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Exa- exactly. Um, last scene. Hero and Inspector walk from the scene. Is the Spectre banished forever? The Inspector is half insane. The Hero goes back into the mountains. He was an exorcist, but he was exhausted. An exorcist, but he was exhausted. The Rector is dead on the floor. So he's he, he, he basically writes a, a, a script for a horror movie with this other uh, sort of meta aspect from Ray Milland and Roger Corman Roger and, and yes. other uh, shit too and the filmmaker Peter Van Greenway <laughs> and he also <laughs> at some reason, point yeah, it sounds exactly. like he's saying uh, Jojo San Jojo San which is the character in Madame uh, 
a butterfly, and I'm oh, wondering if that's why there's a butterfly on the cover oh, yeah, instead see, of a fly. You yeah, know, the guy was because why would you throw that? Well, in there? there's also that that high choy that he keeps repeating. I guess it means in Vietnamese, <laughs> it means two players. Uh, so referring to the specter and the rector going through. Oh, right. Oh, sludge. High choy, high choy song. We sound like such nerds now. <laughs> but that's the thing about this is this stuff will yield a certain amount of treasure if you dig around in it. Yeah, which yeah, until true. this week, I was like, oh, you know, it's I like true. the fall. It's um, it, the cool it, stuff. It's definitely you know, not going to help you get laid at all. But uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you, you know, but he, here's, here's the thing about this, though, is it's all fascinating, but it's also... I think it's doing, I mean, doing for me at least, like what Sister Ray was yeah. doing for Marky Smith. Like, yeah, yeah it's, like, you know, this stuff is fascinating. Yes. Right, right. You know, yes. in a literary sense, and it's phonetically, it's bananas. Yes, like, it's yes. Great yes. to listen exactly. to it. Yes. But really, it's just about repetition. It's just about, it like, is. digging into this, yes. this right. thing and just working it into a hole. And this song is... This is a terrifying song. It is, it actually, is. yes. It's a legitimate it, Lovecraftian sort of story. And it's also, yeah. you know, but you know that this guy, Marky Smith, is, I know you said before that we, we throw around genius and everything, but obviously the there, there's there's... There's no accident. It's not an accident that he was allowed to put out all these records and make these <laughs> right. records, even somebody, though somebody went. Like, it's this there. Guy's Someone amazing. said, "All right, we're going to have to right. put out this record, even right. though who knows right. if we're going to sell gonna any sell any ever." But we got <laughs> we got to release this. Yeah, this somebody be, was yeah. noticed and said, "Yeah, he's." Yeah. It's, and he's, now you have three idiots talking about it now. Yeah, so well, he said he was like, <laughs> you know, he's in the same category. As, he's in the well, same category as like a Beefheart or a Dylan or a or a Lou Reed or someone who's got that thing. Yeah, he is. He is, and and you know, one thing to just point about this song also is uh, this is just another kind of meta aspect of is he is announcing the different parts of this story as they unfold. You know, he's saying yes, right, 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 right. In five, yes, 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 yes. Last scene, which is great. Yeah, the 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 balls that it took to um, spend the first really like most of the narrative. You know, dubbed over an earlier, uh, <laughs> really, just w- like this recording in a warehouse. Yeah, they yes. recorded you know, in a warehouse, right? Unli- yeah. It's almost unlistenable, but it's And great. this is their but second record. He put the, this indulgence is on his second record. I know, it's but amazing, then, it is. But, but then, what, when, then what drops in, which is relatively higher fidelity, is yeah, heaven. Right. It's heaven exactly. yeah. it comes and, in. And, yeah. I, and also, like, I noticed, Barry, did you notice the guitars uh, towards the end of this sound a lot like a Keith Levine PIL, which came later. <laughs> yeah. It definitely reminded me. So sure. I think Keith Levine listened to this. Well, I think Keith, but remember, this is 79. The first PIL yeah, record's already yeah. out. So these guys are all feeding from the same stuff and I coming guess up so. I guess and so, coming yes. up with uh, um, their different, you know, um, interpretations of uh, you know Can or Krautrock or right, the Velvets right, right. or the Stooges right. or whatever Dub, reggae and all Dor- that shit. you know yeah. all that stuff. All right, so we're at the final song on this amazing record, uh, let it, which is sort of like this song is sort of like a. Uh, okay, you're 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 done with the record. It's sort of like a you know like yeah, a threat, sure. uh, because it's almost cheerful in a way. Uh, let's listen to a little bit of put away.
I'll be back someday. <laughs> and if they were more competent, it would be funk. But the drummer, <laughs> but the drunk, the guitar player is kind of funky. The drummer just can't play a real funky beat. It's almost like it's like when James Brown, like 64, 65, when the funk, they're starting to figure out what funk is going to sound like, yeah. but it's, it's like, not quite uh, there yet. This is like deconstructed funk or it, something. It well, is, I yeah. say, well, I say thank God or thank Yog Sothoff. Right, exactly. Because that's, <laughs> that's what makes case. it sound that way. And yeah. if it were exactly, some of the some of the records off Kilterness is the fact that it's they're not entirely in tune with each other as well. Right. So there's right. a slight, like the bass is a little out of tune. Right. Enough yeah. so you go just enough to make your eyebrow twitch. <laughs> and exactly. but that's and you to know make your girlfriend if you're listening would go. What are you <laughs> what, listening what, to? Right. <laughs> Why is this like that? I don't understand. Can we listen to Howard Jones? Um, <laughs> and it's another song where he's on the run from the law. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we've got Flatham Angles and also um, uh, and this one because of some guy who's being sent to jail, but you know, right, only but he, for but he knows it's I think it's, I think it's the same. I think it's the same, totally the same guy. Oh, oh okay, yeah, okay. Thing. Because because <laughs> right. in, in the first one, he's talking about how people are ringing the doorbell, but you know, he's on the lam, he can't answer the right, right, annoying right, right. neighbors. That's right, and. You know, now he's. They found the guy. They right. caught him. Um, I thought I would follow a friend. Red Banner, split end. Uh, follow a friend or some local man. I used to drink a bottle of vodka a day. Yeah. <laughs> but he, and he keeps saying, "I'll be back someday." And there's a Howlin' Wolf song entitled "I'll Be Back Someday." Yes. And and I'm thinking maybe Marky Smith uh, likes Howlin' Wolf too. Of course, right? Totally, yeah. totally. Yeah. He drank, but he drank so much vodka that, and my night sight's gone. But it won't be long. I see, I see, see long. Now it's gone. And just two girls and a millionaire, and they're putting me away. But I'll be back someday. So he's drank so much <laughs> that he's ruined his eyesight. No sex oh, or records so, for now, a year I, today. I always thought, I always thought that that was because he's been he's locked up in a cell. Well, oh, uh, my sight's gone. Oh, okay. I thought it was because but, uh, he drinks. <laughs> he's ruined his health. Yeah, because he's got um, he's got no sex or records for, for a year. A day. Right, right. I've yeah. been bunged up. I've been banged up. I've been moved up. I've been banged up. I said, ba da 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 ba da. It just <laughs> yeah. is nuts. Just a, yeah, it's nuts. yeah, it's bunk. Probably yeah, it's and probably improvised. I would say that. This one sounds like, um, you know, standing there with some lyrical ideas and off you go. Like goes. a Curb Your Enthusiasm episode. Yeah, you get the impression. That's right. That's so, you get the impression also, like, Dylan, that he's, he's writing right up until... Oh, yeah. Right yes, up, yes, yes. Right, 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 And right, then right. during, yeah. and then making changes, and yeah. then also dropping stuff in. Yeah, because there's know, actually live... If you, if you look at live versions of some of these songs, sometimes the lyrics are different. Are, right, uh, yeah. You know, yeah. That's right. Uh, because yeah. maybe they yeah. did it before and he actually And probably recorded. like Dylan... He was not going to repeat. He's not going to record the same thing twice. No, the and the worst thing you could do was make the mistake, like with Dylan, of saying, "Hey, you know, that's right. pretty good." <laughs> Start over. And that would be it. You know, and I'm sure right Marky Smith is right no longer hopper. with us, but I'm sure if you asked him uh, what he thought about Dylan, he'd say, "Never heard of Never him." Never heard of him. <laughs> Probably so. All but, right. but as you know, as he said earlier, his vibration will will is going to remain on. So, well, um, that's 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 true, and and you know, just it's for people like for people who are listening to this who haven't heard the fall. The thing that is interesting is what you're 
hearing, listening to this, is not. They went on to do a bunch, like just radically different stuff. Oh yeah, yeah I mean, all different made, stuff. And some know, of it's made, accessible. Made, some of made, it was very he, accessible. They had some hits. Sure, he yeah. Made dance. He made dance music. Right. Yeah. You know? right. He he covered really kind of like, you know. You know, popular ballads. Sure. And did a lot of he made noise and he made electronic music right. and um but but he had impeccable taste and he always he always pulled it off. He yeah. Did. And, and um I predict there'll be two people that listen two types of people that listen to this. People that really don't know much about the fall that listen to it and either say, Oh, that's cool, I'll check it out, or oh my god, that's the worst thing I've ever heard <laughs> in my life. Or there's the other people that are gonna listen are are hardcore Fall fans are going to listen and go, that Jeffrey Weaver guy was full we of got, shit. He didn't know what he was talking about. <laughs> All the three of them. I should have well, done, well, done well, this he, episode. Well, well, he would have it no other way. Yeah, you know, exactly. The idea exactly. was when they when they put on a show is it was either going to be the greatest thing you ever heard or it was going to be shit. Yeah, and yeah, right. he would not allow for anything in the Right, there was no middle between. ground. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, let's. Uh, we raise a glass to uh, glass Marky Mr. Smith. Marky Smith. Yeah. Um, and uh, thank you so much, Jeffrey, for bringing this record to it's us. It's rare that it's record. rare that I we do a, an episode and I go, oh, I actually learned a lot. I in did. This, in this uh, we don't like uh. to have we don't like to have guests that are that much smarter that know more so much. <laughs> so we don't do it that often. But well, uh, listen, I love you guys. You guys are doing a public service. Oh, I love you. the show. Uh, and, um, thanks again for being a guest. We really enjoyed having you on, and I'm sure we will have you again. Maybe yeah. a soul, oh, maybe like great. a later Soul Asylum record. Oh, or no. <laughs> yeah. no, no, no. Pick uh, another record. Tell us what it, you want to do. And... <laughs> all right. Next week, all we right. have another patron, Mr. Yes. Tom Lowry, uh, joins us for uh, Reckoning. We're going to do Reckoning by R.E.M. Second album by R.E.M. Uh, R.E.M., the band LRN, WLRN's Michael Stop, Stock, never heard of. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, right. And someone, uh, Michael Stipe, used to be my neighbor back in the 90s. So. Oh, nice. All right. Well, maybe he'll call in and say, oh, that yeah, Barry, that yeah. Barry owes, me, owes me 20 bucks still. Now, he cruised me at a party one time, and then we had a discussion at an apple tree in our in my backyard. Oh, so nice. Was it. Yeah. All right. I also want to mention Sunday, September 29th, is our first That Record Got Me High live event. It's part of the September's 40 Years of Churchill's. It's an early show, Sunday, September 29th, with The Reckons, Electric Supply Company, The Shakers, and the That Record Got Me High 4. Special band with me, Barry, Mr. Dan Bonebreak, and Mr. Joey. I wrote a book, Maya. Yeah. Uh, I guess we got to get together and practice. We're going to eventually, we're going to practice sometime right. this month, so we won't completely embarrass ourselves. Nah. But that's Sunday, September 29th. So, uh, once again, thanks so much, Tom. Uh, Maybe Joey Tom. can do some of those cool fills like <laughs> the fall drummer. Those <laughs> fills. All right, Jeffrey, uh, thank you so much for being yeah, our man, guest. Yeah, man, that was uh, awesome. It was that awesome. was fantastic. Thank you, guys. And thanks we will uh, see you guys next week. Once again, that is Barry Stock. That is Rob Elba. We're that record coming high. We'll see you guys next week. We're out. And it's on the beach We realize the life she's real The biggest wagon is the empty wagon It's the noisiest, the consular horse But man, I think we're lost